0: It'll be fine. There's a little filter on it. So,
1: um, yeah, I think we're live. How exciting. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, people people can let us know in the comments if if they can hear us all right. But I believe they can. How exciting. Um, So, yeah, welcome to another episode of Chatter. Dave, thank you very much for for joining me. This is uh, everybody. This is Dave Carr, who formerly of Decentraland, who's now working at, at Parcel. So welcome to the show, man.
0: Thank you. Good to be here.
1: Yeah, no problem. So um, I know we tried to do this earlier in the year, but with everything sort of, yeah, very much in the headlines at the minute with NFTs and, you know, the metaverse and digital real estate, it seems like the the perfect time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, that uh, perfect time seems to be shifting every single week <laughs> with some other news announcement coming up. But yeah, it's, it's 2021 has been a big year.
1: Yeah, so. Yeah. So why don't you start by by giving people like an idea of who you are and your background and stuff, so they can yeah understand what your
0: expertise is before we d- dive into things. Sure. So I work for Parcel, as you mentioned. I'm heading up business development for for that organization, and Parcel uh, specializes in being the destination for the buying and selling of virtual real estate, so land NFTs. Um, and, and land in virtual worlds uh, are NFTs and non-fungible tokens that we've all been hearing about. And, and so in the first instance, anybody looking to buy virtual land, newcomers, I suppose, but also to a degree seasoned, seasoned buyers have had to navigate through the various different worlds and deal with their own unique user experience and maps and that kind of thing, or they've been rerouted to OpenSea, which is the, currently the, the big marketplace for NFTs. And It's not been a great user experience, so what Parcel has done is aggregated the listings uh, at the moment of the four main uh, virtual worlds. That's Decentraland, uh, The Sandbox, Cryptovoxels, and Somnium Space. Uh, And so, yeah, we're we're the marketplace for, for virtual real estate, and it's all about improving that accessibility, educating and onboarding people. Um, it's also about real-time price appraisals and making sense of valuations. So if you're looking to buy land in a virtual world or if you're looking to buy across numerous virtual worlds, it's hard to know which ones have value for your specific needs. And then when you're in those worlds, it's hard to kind of know, you know what's the best location. Uh, there's not a huge amount of information and, and uh, there was a white paper that came out just recently from, from a research group. And the conclusions were were effectively what we already know, which is proximity is good to like things that are going on, but it didn't delve too much more more deeply into that. So we're very early days in this space and and Parcel will, will, in terms of our plans, will grow to be a much broader marketplace. So not just specializing in virtual land, but we'll connect landowners with creators um, and get content developed in, in the virtual worlds we're also looking at onboarding and dealing closely with the AR worlds. So, you know, decentraland and sandbox have got a lot of the headlines when we talk about the metaverse. But there's a whole another side which is augmented reality, and it will only take it will only take a, a, an Apple or another device manufacturer to come out with a, a decent pair of of AR equipped glasses for for mainstream uptake. And and then I I think that AR will probably be the the first of of the the main kind of metaverse experiences, if that's the case, um, so that's that's parcel in a in a nutshell, I suppose. Like I say, it's early days, and we're still rapidly um, growing and building and expanding as uh, as as the days go. Mm. Okay, so this this might seem like a really
1: strange or, or silly question, actually, and this this is something I asked um, asked uh, Johnny Mcamley that we were talking about you the the episode I did with him uh, when. When one of these, when so, for example, take take Decentraland or Sandbox as an example, and and say they have their their digital world, like how how restricted and finite is that now and in the future? Like if they say all of the plots in Decentraland in the current world are 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 sold, um, and you know there's still more people coming in that want it, like is this something that will be expanded? Do you think? Do you think there would be expansions of the worlds that exist or like creation of like new more and more and more and more and more different, um, different worlds. Uh,
0: Well, Decentraland has 90,000 parcels of land. I think um, Johnny mentioned that in your discussion and, and that's, that's it. That's not to say that there couldn't be an expansion. Now Decentraland is, is a decentralized virtual world that is owned and governed by anybody who holds land uh, in Decentraland and the DAO or the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is its its method of governance, if you're a landowner or you hold the Mana token, you can uh, put forward a submission, uh, and the submission is then voted upon by the community. So it is, it is a very that that's the mode of governance for Decentraland. Now the community could very well decide tomorrow to vote to expand the world. That would be up to them. But in terms of how Decentraland operates right now, there's the 90,000 parcels and, and that's it. And, and and they're all owned. There were, there were auctions in 2017, 2018. They were all bought up. And there's obviously a secondary market of, of resales. At some point, and parcel will be involved in this, there'll be a rental market. Uh, so, you know, for people looking for a shorter term experience or a pop-up or let's say a brand wants to reserve a plot of land for a specific event or for a certain amount of time in the year, that rental marketplace will come into action. But to the the other point that you made, will there be more and more virtual worlds? Yes, absolutely. I guess a really good way to, to, to look at the metaverse, and in fact, you know, if I'm going to describe it to my parents, I'm going to say that the metaverse is basically the internet in a more immersive and engaging format. So if you think about the very early days of the internet, everybody's setting up a website and there are websites just absolutely everywhere, popping up, serving all different types of interest groups and needs. I think that's going to be the same with the virtual worlds. And you're going to find virtual worlds that are very much geared towards gaming. And that that's a sandbox or a star atlas. Um, and, and in fact, star atlas is probably more of a single narrative type virtual world because it's a, it's, it's space. It's got a, it's got a very kind of enclosed ecosystem in, in that regard Uh, Sandbox tends to house lots of different games and and empowers the creator to create their own games for the other users to play. So more of a Roblox uh, type of feel. Decentraland is more of a um, positioned itself as more of a virtual social world. So it's about doing with the world what you will, and 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 it invites different groups to and different communities to have their their own place and to interact with one another and to have digital galleries and have music festivals and, and, and what have you. So I think you'll see many, many more worlds pop up. This is very much just the beginning. Um, in terms of the virtual side of things, in the augmented reality side of things, if you're talking about an OVR, which is one of the, the groups or projects that is, that is effectively mapped, the physical world with an overlay of, of, of land parcels. You've also got Superworld. You've got Earth 2. Uh, you know, then walking down the street, that'll be another metaverse experience. Where wearing your your glasses, there'll be content served to you on the different parcels of land owned by people who have bought OVR or Superworld land. Uh, they'll be able to create content that will be served to you on that augmented reality layer. We're starting to get into some pretty fine details here. but Yeah, okay, hopefully. so hang on.
1: Can I, can I pause you there just because I want to make sure I've sure. understood what you're saying here. So, like, are you saying that people will be walking down the street, say, in one of the virtual worlds and they'll see things? Or are you saying that the, there will be, like, virtual worlds superimposed on top of the real world that people will, like, have, say, like, Google Glass that they're wearing?
0: Yeah, so the so the, a world of the type of decentraland or the sandbox, for example, that is something that you currently access via web browser and then client, mm-hmm. and then eventually VR headset. Somnium Space is one of the the main uh, worlds that that we deal with on on Parcel. They are already VR headset equipped, so that but that demands putting on the headset to get the full experience. You can still access via you know browser client but it demands the headset ar is slightly different in that let's say we have an apple come out with a with a headset or not a headset sorry it's just a pair of very simple glasses that will that will interact with the physical world in terms of like a pokemon go type experience which you currently do through your phone you know if you think about the current ar access for most people it's through the phone a pokemon go style thing if it shifts to glasses, then content will be served through what you see in the physical world every day. Now, where the projects like OVR and SuperWorld work is that they have created a layer over the top of the physical world. And, those, and has, they've divided that, that, that layer into parcels that can be purchased using their token. And then on that uh, layer of land, you can add content. So that means if the Apple glasses that you're wearing are equipped to um, be served with OVR or Superworld content, then technically speaking and theoretically, you can walk down the street and if if you walk past a plot of land on the OVR network or the Superworld network that is housing content, then that could be served to you. Uh, so a brand, for example, could have a pop-up shop on your street without you actually having to go to the retail outlet or go online to visit their store. It it and that's what we mean about the metaverse being a more immersive and more immediate and engaging experience because it comes to you. It's around you, potentially around you at all times. Okay, wow. I hadn't
1: I like I I I this that 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 is absolutely mind-blowing. So they're packaging up parts of the real world to sell the the digital space upon which they will imprint things. To wear on, to or that will come up when you're wearing the headset or the glasses. That is, that's right. That's yeah. that's that's fucking insane, man. So can they <laughs> can they do that? Can they like obviously they're doing it, but I mean, like, what what are the property rights there? And uh, like, so say someone doesn't want their bit of land used for this, like, is there any recourse, or is it only like would would the argument be just like, I uh, know you're not looking at it it's only in this specific virtual experience that you would see these things
0: that's a really good question and i don't know what the answer is to that because (laughs) you, you run into these issues if you've got like two or three or more projects that are each mapping the world uh you could own the parcel on one project but maybe not own it on another so i think I think there will be issues in terms of. Um, I mean, let's say you've got a, a, a listed property, or it is a it is a public uh, public piece of land that traditionally, in our general interactions daily, doesn't allow for branding or any kind of inter any kind of you know corporatization or you know uh, yeah of, of of that particular space. So when then you're dealing with with AR, they don't want people to view this building or this space and have any kind of let's say, branding upon it or advertising space. So I think there'll there'll be some issues um, down the track with that. I think that that, that there will also be an issue of whether a device like an Apple, and if we know anything about the way Apple operates, it it is a a gatekeeper for for content. Um, And so will these worlds and these projects uh, have to um, create or get permission to be housed on the device or be interacted interacted with by people through the device so there'll be a few barriers thrown up i think as we as we move further into this
1: okay so is there any like plans to say take this technology and and use like massive like warehouses or open spaces and like have people like physically walk around in like a generated world do you know what i mean that they could like build like big houses or warehouses like full of stuff that that would be blank and then you would walk in and it would look like i don't know a casino or you'd have like different things like everywhere is that is that something that's been discussed
0: yeah i mean the the the, the fact that ovr for example um has has mapped the world essentially and I know that they're embarking on a project to, to map internal spaces as well. Um, that, that is obviously, you know, on, on the cards because you need to be able to include that experience inside as well as externally. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing to stop uh, uh, an area of being mapped and then content being laid over the top of that for sure.
1: Yeah. It's so fascinating. The whole, the whole, the whole space is, is mind blowing to me. So, um, to move to like digital real estate specifically, like purchasing it, what would be your pitch to people who, and they say, okay, so, so I'm buying this virtual piece of land and it's in a world that's created by this company. Like what happens if the, if the company goes under or, or like, what's the, what's the long-term sort of value on this asset compared to say, buying like a bit of property in the real world?
0: Yeah so this is the key to um decentralization I suppose in that and if we take again we take decentraland as the as the example because I'm I'm most familiar with that so it, you know it is it is space that is that is owned and governed by the community that content that you that you see and interact with when you go into decentraland is hosted on servers around the world so it's served to you based on where you're located um and i suppose theoretically you could get to the point at which So Decentraland is is assisted by a foundation, a nonprofit organization uh, that holds MANA tokens and and uses that for grants funding for the creative community and other other purposes. So let's say, yeah, so for Decentraland to go out of business, uh, it would not necessarily mean that Decentraland would cease to exist because the community is really, they own and they drive the experience within Decentraland it's when you get into discussions of centralized experiences. So the most famous ones being Roblox, um, I guess Fortnite mm. and whatever Epic Games is, is building. Yeah. And then of course, Meta, which we uh, are assuming will be a centralized uh, experience. Um, then then there would be issues for if, if Facebook went out of business, then any content that you held in there would be affected by that. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, is so the this this idea of a decentralized autonomous organization really really um fascinates me because i'm pretty sure i had never heard the term until about six months ago um and it so so for example let's take land as an example so it's a it's owned it's governed by the owners of plots of land say you're renting a plot of land that doesn't give you like bestow you any any rights upon on things does it or is it is it literally just the only people with a say or whoever has the land there right and
0: if you hold mana tokens okay so, so if you if you if you hold tokens and if you hold land that that gives you voting rights yeah i guess uh, owning mana is is gives you a, a stake in in the in the value and the and the future of the world okay so it's
1: not just it's it's basically anyone that is Invested in some way in the world is 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 uh yeah in charge in charge of it essentially. So how how does mm-hmm. that work? Do they have like polls or or um do is there like council meetings in Decentraland? Do you have like a big government building or something where everyone arrives and sits and discusses this?
0: It's pretty it's pretty old school. It's um it's a it's a page where people submit proposals and um you know in the in the early days and the DAO really. Um, was kind of only formalized this year. Uh, and, and to a degree, you know, the 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 finer points are still being ironed out. Um, you know, how how to to get through um, you know, dead deadlocks, you know, um, and and just exactly what the weighting of governance is. And and but I think that's a that's an issue that because it's such a new form of governance that that all DAOs are are um, a sort of grappling with, but yeah, it's a, it's a single site and you submit to the, uh, to the DAO and it gets voted on and it passes and is enacted or it, it um, is rejected and you have to revise your proposal and come up with a better option for the, that the community as a whole agrees upon and, um, and just take it from there. So DAOs, the, the one big criticism of DAOs is that it makes governance quite slow potentially, because if a, if a proposal is for whatever reason rejected, you can submit again, it's rejected again. It means that, you know, making progress can sometimes be slow. Other times it can be super, super quick. In terms of Decentraland, there is a almost like a, a security council, if you like, that oversees the DAO and can kind of step in if there's, you know, um, attacks or, you know, bad actors doing, you know, what, you know, untoward things. But Generally, the Dow ticks along, and um, and yeah, it's a simple matter of submission and and, a, and either approval or rejection. So voting, really, but not voting every four years or every five years as we do with with real time government or physical world government. It's it's constant proposals every single day. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's not like our
1: current form of government is particularly rapid at making decisions. <laughs> um, True. Uh, yeah. So. How valuable
0: is, is this market at the minute? It's hard to say how valuable it is because it's, I haven't seen any major analysis in terms. I mean, you can effectively look at it in terms of of volume of sales and I've got some, I've got some notes like Q1 of, of this year was around 10 million of transaction volume shift to Q2 a couple months later, it was up to 40 million. Um, and then when you think of the last week of November, there was $100 million in, in Metaverse land sales. You can see uh, how fast it's growing, but also how much value is being pumped into this thing. Uh, you know, in one week, there was a record set in Decentraland, uh, a group called Tokens, which owns uh, another group called the, Metaverse, uh, called the Metaverse Group, paid $2.5, two and a half mil U.S. US million for a parcel of land in the Fashion District. Only a few days later, that record was smashed um, by, I think it was Republic realm paid 4.5 for a parcel in the sandbox. So it's, you know, these, these record land sales are being trumped <laughs> almost week by week. Um, and so that kind of gives you a, a pretty good insight into and whether or not that, that determines value, but it's certainly what people are paying for, for, um, for land and, and and gives you a guide as to how hot the market is right now. Yeah, that's absolutely
1: insane. Four point five million dollars, I assume. Um, but... Yeah, it was around the
0: four point something. Yeah, I think it was around four point five. Yeah. Wow.
1: So, like, how big is that piece of land? Like, dimension wise. Uh... And, and is there like physical limits on on up and down? Do you know what I mean? Is like, can you can you do anything with that space like can you uh... yeah
0: <laughs> well specific to decentraland the the height that you can build in is dependent on the, the the width of the or the amount of land you have in terms of breadth um so if you bought a single pass of land you couldn't put a skyscraper on it so there are i guess physical there are limitations that have been brought across from the physical world so uh in terms of how big that land sale was in the sandbox at 4.5, I I don't know specifically, but there have been parcel sales of like 116 uh, plots or pieces of land which make it an estate. Um, yeah, I think these are these, are, and and just today actually, the sandbox tweeted that there is a, another buyer who will be purchasing an even bigger um, parcel of land in in the sandbox uh, in the coming days or weeks. So. At this point, it doesn't seem to be slowing down uh, anytime soon. So,
1: like, can you build across? Say, you buy like several parcels of land. Can you build across the boundaries of it? Is it does it work like that in that in that sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're the boundaries really end at where the the state ends. So, if it's let's say a hundred parcels of land, you can build across all of those internal boundaries. But then, you know, you get up against the the border wall um you can't go any further because it's more most likely going to be someone else's land or a road or something like that okay so it's it's just yeah i'm i'm
1: still trying to like get my head around exactly like what the physical rules are in in the world do you know what i mean um yeah i i assume then as well that like a lot of the so I, at least initially when i went into decentraland um three four months ago something like that it was kind of it was like it was it was really cool um but it was a bit like blocky almost it kind of gave me like a Minecraft vibe which like not that that's a bad thing at all um like is there do you think that these these worlds will do you think they'll like stick with that kind of old school vibe or do you think that they'll be like constantly trying to make it like closer and closer and closer to reality
0: I think Decentraland and and the Sandbox also has a very blocky, probably even more of a Minecraft kind of feel to it. But Decentraland has chosen a particular aesthetic, uh, and I think that could evolve definitely. It certainly has evolved. If you compare, you know, images or screenshots from only a few years ago to today, in fact, one of the, the art director of Decentraland they they they, they held a, a metaverse festival with acts like Dead Mouse, you know, even Paris Hilton turned up and put on a show, <laughs> um, and to you know the art director posted a, a a screenshot from like 2017 2018 to to 2021 and the the difference is you know it's night and day it's amazing so I I I fully believe that that, that aesthetic will evolve uh whether or not whether or not it becomes even more lifelike I'm I think that kind of that 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 sort of defeats the purpose. Decentral and and I know that the other worlds are designed to be their own experience. It's almost as if, you know, someone built a call of duty world and you went in and you experienced that, That in, but it had a very much a call of duty feel or a Skyrim feel, or, um, you know, pick your favorite video game, that they each have their unique aesthetics. And I think the worlds will probably hold to that. And, you know, if we pitch five, 10 years down the track, those worlds that thrive and and really survive and become the the big destinations will really be very much about the content they produce and the uniqueness of that experience. It won't be trying to necessarily replicate your everyday physical experience. It'll be an escape, but I think they will also be aiming to, and this is where you get into discussions about decentralized finance, that it will enhance our day-to-day in the physical world. Uh, And that's particularly true of the augmented reality experiences as well, particularly if, if you're walking down the street and things are served to you as, as you, you know, interact with people and buildings and things.
1: Mm. So do you, which of the, so we've, we've kind of described like two different types of, of worlds here. So there's the the decentralized ones and the, and the more centralized um, metaverses that will be created. Which do you see being more successful or more widely used, perhaps is a better way of look of, of putting it
0: that's a that i mean that's an excellent question it, i think that okay so if we take facebook/meta slash as the as the as the sort of the, as the centralized front runners uh, yeah. although that does tend to uh, underestimate the the power of roblox um, which you know to all intents and purposes is a centralized centralized uh, world um, but yeah so i think that facebook will its metaverse or its virtual experience will, will have benefits for people who want that kind of curated centralized experience. You know, as you would have found going into the central end, there's a few hoops you have to jump through. Now, of course, they are they are constantly ironing those out and it's becoming more and more user-friendly. But I think Facebook will. I probably should refer to them as Meta, but it just seems much more to make much more sense just to say Facebook. But yeah, I, I think, I a think they of mine will. friend not mad at me
1: for calling it Meta. He was like, "No, don't let their stupid rebrand work."
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there's that's you know, there's a good argument for that, but um, yeah, I think you know, regular users of of, of Facebook today or Meta today. Uh, they like it because it gives them the content that they're looking for. That it it aggregates everything they want, and that's that's as far as they want to go with that. I feel like there will, there will always be a market for that. Just that ease of ease of use, I think. So there'll be the centralized metaverse, there'll be the open metaverse. And that open metaverse has really coalesced into this very vocal group. When Meta did its rebrand and its big announcement where Mark Zuckerberg was saying, we're building the metaverse, they were like, well, hang on a second. It already exists and we're building it currently. And so, you know, you've seen groups... um, really form around this notion of we are the open metaverse and decentralized metaverse of virtual worlds are absolutely the future where the creator is empowered. And, you know, the musician, the artist is empowered to, you know, own their intellectual property and monetize it as they see fit. They're not beholden to, you know, centralized streaming platforms or record companies or what have you. So I think there'll be an open versus centralized experience. Who do I think will win? I, I don't think it's a matter of one winning over the other. I think it'll be a matter of coexistence. And I think it'll be, I think there's every op- every opportunity for somebody to have an account with the meta experience and also be immersed in, um, you know, various worlds in the open metaverse, just as, you know, I play I play Call of Duty, but at the same time, I like dipping into Skyrim very 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 different games and very different experiences you could say but um, there's enough going on in each of them that I can I can I can share the love
1: hmm. so do you see this being um, a thing where we have like we can jump because so, because so you're probably gonna have to like create especially for for meta or whatever and yeah in, in any of these worlds like you you're creating like an aesthetic for what you look like to other people when you're walking around in, in these worlds do you think that's going to be, transferable in a way from from say one to the other
0: yeah so that's the no- that's the notion of interoperability and this idea that if you have an avatar or if you have uh, you know your favorite structure your your wearables your nft assets that you should be able to pick them up and go from one world to another now i think the 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 organization that cracked that and uh, and, the, and there are a number working on this this uh, concept of interoperability. If they can crack that, they'll have to crack the ability to have your aesthetic in, let's say, Decentraland for that to be transferable to the sandbox uh, aesthetic. Uh, so it won't be that your Decentraland avatar will be able to wander around as they do in the sandbox looking the same because that that just wouldn't make sense from a, from a world perspective. And I, I think that's kind of the wrong approach, but it will need to, there will need to be an agreement between the virtual worlds. I think that will, that's a crucial step in interoperability. Then the technology to be able to port between, uh, and I guess, transition into that look and feel where those assets make sense. Fortunately, a lot of assets are built using the same file system. So that, that's, that's a plus, uh, there'll be some, there'll be some issues I I think going from open to centralised experiences. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, because of just of the the nature of that business model uh for for the likes of meta um but yeah that interoperability that's a that's a big thing and and whoever cracks that is going to be is going to be doing very nicely yeah yeah i
1: definitely think you're right there i mean I, I what companies are working on this and is it are they are they trying to essentially build like a like a thing where it will help you move any assets or wearables or anything from from like and, and transfer it like aesthetically. Will it like be built on like on top of uh, the the different worlds in a in a way that will like be a separate like thing from it? In the same way that you have say like like you you can take your your cryptocurrency wallet for example, right? You can have your your hard your hardware wallet, or you can have like your your wallet on say like like Exodus or something on your laptop, right? And you can take your things, your, your out of any exchange that, that, you know, deals in that one and then move it to another exchange if you wanted that deals in um, deals in that, that particular crypto. Do, do you see it being like that where people have like wallets almost or like, like digital, like suitcases to bring their stuff from like one metaverse to the other?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think again, it, it'll be this, if you've got these assets and, and, It will, It will. and we're all, you know, we're just, we're sort of just speculating at this point really, but, you know, it'll, I think it would would have to be a matter of, you have these NFT assets. Now, you know, if you go onto OpenSea, let's say, and you've got a collection of random NFTs, you've got some board apes, you've got some land, you've got a name that you've bought, uh, and this is all housed in your OpenSea collection. Um, The ideal would be that you would be able to, yeah, if you like, wrap them up in a, in a in a suitcase. And if, you know, you can open them up in Decentraland and then you could also open them up in, in the sandbox. Um, So let's say you've bought some land in the sandbox and you've got a, a nice little art gallery there, which specializes in showcasing your collection. You've also got it in Decentraland. You want those pieces to be interoperable. You don't want to have to buy two or three or four of everything in order for that, in order to accommodate the world. So there'll need to be some agreements between the worlds and, but then also that technology that allows you to, or anything that you've, and, and proprietary, anything that you've built in Decentraland could effectively be picked up and because you love this structure so much, could be dropped or make sense or transferable to another world as well. It's just, it has to be, it's a tech and also an agreement um, issue at the outset. Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's just I. I guess I, I. I'm just trying to like get a handle on on what this is going to be like. I mean, like part of my fear is that this becomes too good, and that like I spoke about this with with Johnny and with um with uh, Peter McCormack, who hosts uh, the What Bitcoin Did podcast, and we were just he he was they they were both terrifying me. They were like, you know, this is going to be so valuable and so great that maybe people will just spend all their time in there. <laughs> that scares the shit out of me, man. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think there's no point in having a metaverse if it doesn't enhance your life in this physical world. Uh, I think that we tend to immediately link it with uh, concepts that we understand. And so we revert to Ready Player One or The Matrix or you know, these dystopian kind of stories that, oh, okay, so it must mean that, um, which is, you know, perfectly understandable. But I think that, I think it's the opportunities that this creates. And I think people already spend far too much time binging on Netflix or far too much time uh, walking through cities, scrolling through Facebook feeds. I mean, (laughs) uh, The head of Instagram says that the greatest competition, uh, the head of, sorry, Netflix says the greatest uh, competition to Netflix is time or sleep. I think it's sleep. You know, anything that distracts users of Netflix (laughs) from watching Netflix is their competition, not another streaming platform, but, you know, sleep. So I think that already people have the ability or not to regulate their own behavior. And I think we're already we're already very inactive. And I think that that the metaverse will 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 obviously be something else that we need to contend with in terms of activity and 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 not getting kind of swallowed up in these things. But the best metaverse experiences I think will be those that enhance um that enhance our world and and, and our physical world. And I think when you look at projects that are and there's a very new project called ReWilder. I think I've got the name right, and, and land that is purchased in the metaverse equates to land and, and built upon equates to land that is also purchased uh, in the physical world and not built upon. And this is a, a new concept, and I, and I believe it's one of the, the very early founders of Decentraland that it, who's created this, that, you know, land that is purchased in the metaverse in virtual worlds and is built upon, that correlates with a similar size a similar parcel or a state of land where it is just left to rewild, and so that's one very small example of how that technology can actually be used to to empower people to to, to do things in the physical world. And and you know that's a whole other conversation, probably several conversations. But <laughs> I, I tend to focus on the opportunities that it gives creators, you know, architects who want to to move into virtual uh, design and and create an entirely new industry for themselves or the fashion designer who can't get into to fashion school or make a break into the traditional industry can create their own their own brand and store and following and monetize it and and, and do very nicely for themselves um in virtual worlds and, and across the metaverse same with with music i think music we see more and more articles coming out about how, how artists can release songs as NFTs, which each track, because we know the, the, the nature of an NFT is that it is it, the foundation of it is this unique underlying code that, you know, that NFT it can be uh, resold, it can be licensed, it can be part owned. You can activate your fan base to, uh, you know, sell your work or talk enthusiastically about your work and get a cut. On their their fandom, you know, so it really does it really does open up um, and empower a lot of people. And then you get into conversations about guilds like um, Axie Axie Infinity, which has spawned groups like Yield Guild Games, that is an enabling you know communities in the Philippines who, due to COVID, lost their ability to work, went into Axie and are actually generating incomes in, in play to earn. Um, and then that to earn model then spreads out across uh, education, um fitness, you know, roam to earn, learn to earn, all of these kinds of things. So there are whole whole new models springing up because of this technology that I think hopefully will do more good than harm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we guess we're all we're always hoping for that. I mean, well, there's no there's no perfect technology. I mean, even Plato thought riding was too far. so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so so like let's talk a little bit about this like for creators like for 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 people listening um we'll get back to the artists selling um their their stuff uh, as NFTs in a little bit but like say say you there was a creator and he came to you or she came to you or they came to you or whoever that someone decided to come to you and was like right okay um say i'm i i'm an artist or i have some music or say um, you run a podcast like I do, or you're um, like, where would you suggest they start to figure out how to like monetize themselves basically in in the metaverse? Like, where would you begin with that for someone? Like, I'm going to be selfish here and take the advice myself, but <laughs> for anyone listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, well, let, if we take the idea of a, of a if we go with a, a musician, let's say, whether or not they have a fan base let's let's say they have a small but fan base and they're looking to grow it so for a start the virtual worlds have communities that are growing rapidly so that's 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 a, that's a new a new base to reach out to what i think is the 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 huge opportunity for musicians is the level of engagement that they can have with fans and by that i mean and let's I mean, let's not focus on the pandemic and lockdown too much because um you know, it's always it's always been a struggle for musicians to get the gigs in the physical world. And if we if we just if we just talk about um, the engagement in a virtual world, uh, running events, obviously, you know, musical events, streaming your performance into the world for people in the world to you know watch and enjoy. But it goes beyond that too. And if we take the example of an artist, an electronic artist called Alison Wonderland, who is in Decentraland, she. Uh, has built her own fan HQ, people who purchase NFTs that she has released will get access to that HQ. They'll get early access to any drops that she does. She can sell merchandise to direct to those people through that HQ or through that store. Uh, If she holds virtual concerts, you know, there's no kind of, there's no front row seats anymore. You you are front and centre with that artist. But the artist can also hold, and, and specific to Alison, she runs quests through uh, through Decentraland. So you can buy your NFT and you're part of her exclusive community and embark on these quests to unlock more benefits for you as a fan. There's another artist called Spotty Wi-Fi who released his entire album as individual NFTs. And I think it was done as a kind of a mystery drop, if you like, sold out immediately. Now, Spotty was a he was a, he was working as a lawyer. He had previously been a musician, and then kind of thought, well, it's hard getting gigs, and you know, it's hard to to develop a fan base. And I just go on the streaming platforms, and it's all kind of algorithmically generated, and and you know, it's it's tough to break through by engaging with this NFT community, which is at, at its core is very community community minded. It's very collaborative. It's very it's the one thing that struck me about, and, and, and even working with Parcel and Decentral and doing business in, in, this, in, this, in this industry or space, if you like, is, is it's not about competing with people. If you find someone who's doing something that's similar to what you're doing, you reach out and you learn from one another and you try to benefit the other, the other organization or the other person. And so when Spotty Wi-Fi goes in and says, hey, I'm a musician, I'm dropping these. And, you know, you'll get all of these benefits. You will own the music. I won't own the music. You will own it. Or other artists who do a a share um, structure for, you know, a number of years before it reverts back to to the artist. You just have many more different ways to not only attract revenue or monetize your art, if you like, but at the outset, just getting more ears on your music and, and. Engaging with you as as a musician, I just think that's that's the potential there. So if, if you're just starting out in this space, as it always was, as a musician, you need to reach out to people who might enjoy your music. Uh, and you know, we've been doing that, you know, up, up up until recently, and through this, you know, SoundCloud or Bandcamp, for example. You know, new bands; those are really good platforms for for new bands to get their music into the into the space. And um and it's just about reaching as many people as possible. So what I like about the virtual worlds is that it you can reach them on various different levels and it's that direct connection that I think appeals to fans that they can they can have a, a piece of your work mm-hmm. and, and a piece of, of you at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it just it keep you keep making me think of um of the Wu Tang Clan um album, the one that got sold as an um to it got sold as like a single pressed copy and then it's been bought by an nft collective uh, or an nft collectors group and there's, that's right, yeah. yeah so there's rumors that that the ceo of gamestop is one of those collectors and that they're planning to fractionalize this as an nft and give it all to all the gamestop shareholders which i mean would be like a mind-blowing step forward i it's 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 still rumors, um, but like GameStop are working on something NFT based. Uh,
0: what what it is, no one really knows, but it um, will. We'll yeah, see. and that's that's interesting. Like a, as I understand, the foundation that managed to buy that back from um, the farmer guy, yeah, I Martin Scraley. Yeah, Scraley, that's right. So that's a foundation that's made up of lots of different people in in the crypto space, including musicians and. So I'd be curious if they were planning on dropping it to just GameStop people. Um but is that, are you, are you talking like Wall Street Bets? Is it that kind of Yeah, I mean so it- it's it's mm-hmm. like it it moved beyond
1: Wall Street Bets, but like they've got their own thing now, but like the the, the rumor is basically that they that GameStop are planning to release a dividend of a, like an NFT based dividend. Um, and then the the rumors went a bit wild that Ryan Cohen was in this group and then they'd purchased the album and the, everyone was like losing their mind being like we're gonna get an like an nft of the or like a fraction of the nft of this album <laughs> which like honestly I really hope is true but I don't know <laughs>
0: You know, I think it would probably appeal to the Wu-Tang, you know, that even well before all of this, this crypto stuff kicked off and NFTs, you know, they were always about spreading that uh, revenue among all members, you know, and about creating that entity that would, that would, you know, release at certain times and would be given the same amount of promotion. And, And so that was a very collaborative and very cooperative kind of group. And quite revolutionary in that respect so i think that kind of idea would would appeal to them Mm. Uh, i think fractionalization is yeah that's that's going to be a big thing it's going to happen with land uh rentals with land as i mentioned before um and and all of the the pitfalls associated with fractionalization i hope it's done i hope it's done correctly and 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 beneficially for people
1: Mm. so like say to go back a little bit here to 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 like the architects and the building things in the metaverse so say like a a big builder or a big property developer came and said right okay we're gonna buy like 20 plots of land in in sandbox or decentraland and and then we're gonna we're gonna use it to build like a massive block of flats basically or like a huge huge building for people to rent out spaces in like is is that something that's happening because i don't know it it feels like like vaguely antithetical to the sort of decentralized nature of it where people might come in and say, like big property developers will come in or big, yeah, just big whales of, of some form will come in and say, yeah, we're going to buy up, you know, large swathes of of, of these parcels of land. Is, is there like any protections against that or are they kind of,
0: you know, ba- backing the whales not getting involved early enough? <laughs> Uh, so that is happening, and those those major sales that happened just recently. So the one by the Metaverse Group, their intention is to build a retail offering uh, in Decentraland, and Republic Realm, which has has made numerous big purchases. Uh, they are effectively a you know a virtual land developer, if you like. So their intention will be to build experiences on on their land. There was another group called Boson Protocol who bought a, another large, very large parcel in Decentraland, and again, they are retail focused, but that transition between the virtual to the physical, uh, so very practical application there. When it comes to how this sits with the whole notion of decentralization, um, I think that's difficult because you know Decentraland, came into being with the auctions of 2017 2018 when the, when all the land was sold now that, that and that and that, at that point the, the people who own that land can really do whatever they like with it uh decentraland as, or the, the foundation which sort of sits as a as a as a a guiding force if you like but not an owner they have no say over what the people who bought the land do with the land and i think that There will be definitely people in the community who will be very much against these large entities coming in and buying and developing the land. But it's just the nature of of when you have land for sale and land can be bought, and it is bought, that people will want to do those sorts of things with them. Um, And I think it's really key to remember that we are in such early, early days with, with this thing. And... There will be more virtual worlds coming, which will have different models and different offerings, and and do things very different to, you know, the the old guard, the decentralized and sandboxes, etc. Um, it's funny, well, it's then, funny, then, then,
1: just hearing you describe them as like the the OGs,
0: like the old school. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy um, because uh, you know my parents hadn't even heard of them <laughs> the other day, kind of thing. So yeah, it's. Um, it is, it is. But, you know, they've been around since, well, the Sandbox, which which has launched its Alpha uh, this month, has been in development for the last, you know, 10 years. So, um, well, the best part of. Uh, so Decentraland has been, you know, thought of and, and and in development since 2014, 2015. So, yeah, they they are to a degree in terms of this, this space, Old Guard. But, um, yeah, I think... To get back to that point, there'll always be this tension between the the, the decentralized um, intention and how it actually plays out. Um, but I think, you know, if you if you build it and people decide to, to use their land in, in certain ways, then that's really, you know, you, you have to let that happen and see how that plays out. I would say that Decentraland uh, and certainly um, the other main virtual worlds that Parcel deals with, they're all very much held by you know lots of individuals and, and 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 so there are big parcels that are owned by big brands and big organizations, and there are the small ones that are owned by the the, the you know the little guys like us. Mm. So just just actually, I got an email earlier, um, probably worth
1: noting for people that uh, you can there's a coin market cap are running like a a thing where if you sign up and follow them on a couple of different like social media platforms that you get um, a free alpha pass for sandbox um oh yeah 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 worth what well, they say in the email 13 grand but i, I don't know how accurate that is but um <laughs> so where would you say say there was someone who's listening to this and just thinking well this you know this all sounds really cool um but i have no idea where to begin like where where would you point them to to sort of start looking and, and sort
0: of investigating this world it depends uh i get you know if you're going to dip your toe in the water then then choose any one of the any one of the main virtual worlds that are out there um decentralized sandbox crypto or somnium space somnium space you know it, it is a better experience with a vr headset but that's not to say you can't dip in and have a look the first thing you've got to you've got to do is is get yourself a wallet although you can enter these spaces without having one but it's it's a good practice to to get a wallet and the 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 sign up for that and the the use of of those. I'm thinking, you know, MetaMask, and I think there's a Coinbase wallet and Ledger, and, and there's various players on the market. So start dipping your toe in the water of, of getting a wallet, putting some, some some crypto in there, some Ethereum, because you know, these are all blockchain-based, Ethereum blockchain-based worlds. So that's gonna, that's gonna be true for, for any of those worlds um, and transferable into the into the specific tokens. And then just just Go into to one of the worlds that you like to look of and, and have a look around. Um, it's um, as I say, the communities for each of these worlds are, are fantastic. Get on Twitter, follow them, get into their Discords and chat with with the community admins there. They will there will always be someone in there to reach to reach out to. Discords a great um, platform to. You know, to, to to be taken through the steps. A lot of the a lot of the the, the channels have leveling up. So you, you'll actually you know go on this kind of narrative to to, to achieve roles and and to they're, they're kind of geared to educating you step by step through through that. Um, and they will explain everything about them. And, and as I say, there will be tech guys and content people that that you can reach out to if you're if you're stuck in any way. So that would be the that would be the first steps and. And you know, get on the events pages of these different of these different worlds and find out what's what's coming up. There's uh, there's there's art exhibitions, there's 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 music gigs, there's um, there's tours through the worlds as well. I know Decentraland has two main um, tours that, that are conducted uh, every week, and that'll take you through some of the highlights of of that virtual world. And and it's yeah, again, it's really collaborative, it's really welcoming, and and that's that's a good thing to to get involved in.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um. I'll have to get into some of the discords. Actually, I'm not on um any of them. I don't tend to use Discord that much. It's a real. It's like a real. It's like a real crypto person's platform.
0: (laughs) It is. It could be a lot easier to use, and certainly when you've dealt with with other social platforms, it's there's a bit more work to be done. But once you're into the swing of it, it's it's fine. Um. It it, and and I think it's going to become more and more the standard in terms of people. Engaging with the communities behind these experiences. Mm-hmm. So
1: you mentioned earlier that there's like, so you had the the play to earn people um, in in the Philippines that that were yeah earning by play, gaming in the in the multiverse or in the in the metaverse. Even sorry. Uh, like what other things can people do to earn? Because I mean, we're seeing this this pop up a little bit in in a lot of different sort of spaces, like Odyssey, for example, like the YouTube um, competitor, or actually jeremy kaufman the the ceo told me uh that we should always refer to them as youtube's successor (laughs) (laughs) but so they have like a watch to earn sort of model um with their uh with their own token their lbc token and then you can like tip creators in it and so then they can either choose to keep hold of it and it boosts that video like up their algorithm or you can like cash it out and exchange it for for other other cryptocurrencies basically so like what other things can people do to earn as such in the metaverse at the minute?
0: Yeah. Well, you have uh, like browsers, like the brave browser, which is, um, you know, browse to earn effectively and you earn basic attention tokens, um, which are on various markets. That so that's what it another. stands
1: league? for. That makes sense. <laughs> I've just got brave. Yeah. So I'm seeing this thing, like you've got like four bat and I'm like, what is a bat?
0: Like... <laughs> yeah, It's the basic attention token. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a really good experience. Uh, obviously it's, it's, it prioritizes privacy. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I've been using it for a while and it seems to work. It seems to work absolutely fine. Um, and I like the idea that you can earn the tokens and then yeah, do what you will with those. I'm, I'm assuming there'll be more and more benefits as that, as that develops, but yeah, like the play to earn is obviously a big one. I've been reading stuff about, um, education being a, a big thing. Um, and you know you start to read about you know research groups who have had to rely pretty heavily on government funding or you know other grants and other sourcing methods. Uh, you know, let's say it's an an astronomy research group or any 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 group that can can offer up something in terms of an NFT. Like you could NFT the X-rays of something or the molecular kind of image of something that they're working on and and sales of that nft goes into research funding so it really changes the game for for those groups but yeah, so learn to earn i'm thinking there's applications for fitness as well so move to earn who's to say you couldn't you couldn't you know uh, link in your your wearable uh and uh and any you know the number of steps that you take is somehow linked to your wallet and so you're earning tokens for more physical exercise that kind of thing so, it only takes a bit of imagination to, to think about anything that is, that is um, or, or you know, getting people to, to take public transport, I don't know, like uh, the more that you take public transport, the more tokens you, that you earn or the more benefits, anything that's kind of a frequent flyer type model could be applied to really anything that is, that, that has any sort of form of frequency attached to it, I think. Mm, that's a really cool concept.
1: Oh, wow. That's that. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that being a possibility because that would be fantastic yeah
0: that that element of of because of the the token and you can either partner up with an existing token or create a token and then the DAOs kind of come into play as well which is really an organization of people with a shared interest and a shared goal so DAOs could form up around all sorts of different things so we 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 see if you take the example of party DAO which is really a collective of people who want to own NFTs but individually may not have the the funds to be able to grab a, a board ape or a crypto punk. I mean, not, not many groups have the funds to be able to afford those these days, but the party DAO comes together and they decide on those, those assets that they want to, to purchase as NFTs. They pull their resources and they bid or they buy. So, you know, I think any kind of groups can, can, can form together and, and, implement that kind of to earn model. Um, and it can really, as I say, be applied to anything that has any kind of frequency or, or incentivization for people to get them to do more. I mean, vote to earn, you know, we, we, we struggle to get people out to the, to the, to the, to the ballot um, every four years or what have you. And, you know, so maybe there's a, or even to council elections or, or anything <laughs> like that, there could be a DAO that, that is formed around, um, you know, local, local political groups. Who's to say? That's a cool idea as well.
1: Mm, you're giving me lots to think about here, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so yeah, to sort of move towards like wrapping up here a little bit. Um, where do you see? Where do you see this space? Like I was going to say in five to ten years, but that's way too long a time horizon. So where do you see this space in one year?
0: <laughs> one year. Yeah. It moves so quickly. It's I. You know, there's a real chance that i'm going to say something and i'm going to be look like an idiot or or just it's going to be not pitching far enough but you just never know <laughs> i think i think let's i mean let's look at the headlines for a start i think if we look at a real detail level i think fashion is going to be is probably going to be one of the next big industries to embrace um embrace the virtual world and embrace wearables and nfts uh, which has huge implications for, I mean, already you're seeing, you know, the, these big land sales that are very much fashion focused or retail focused. The the opportunities that has for fashion labels, even either the, the large houses, the fashion houses, or the independent fashion designer, that's huge. Um, I know Decentraland is doing a fashion week um, next year, and, and that's going to be huge for them. Uh, I think that the other major headline that we've been seeing is, is land NFTs. So the the land rush is going to be is going to be a big thing. So I think you're going to see you're going to see a lot a lot more of the land bought up and a lot more reselling. And I think that more brands are going to be are going to be dipping their toe in the water, uh, hopefully doing long term engagements and not just kind of hey we're in the metaverse kind of thing, but actual you know establishing uh, um, a foothold in the virtual worlds and. And and really, you know, offering something valuable to to in-world communities and also educating and onboarding their own fans in the physical world. And then I guess if we're talking, you know, a game changer, I would have to say if Apple brings out its its glasses at the end of next year or even early 2023, that's going to be that's going to be a, a big thing for, for this, for this space. And, and as I mentioned at the, at the, at the top of this, the podcast, I think that will probably push AR um, forward as in, in terms of, you know, the, the, the major metaverse experience. Um, I hope more people know about the metaverse generally, and it doesn't just become something that people just get sick of hearing about, um, I think, you know, DAOs will, will develop more and, and become more certain of, of their purpose uh, and, and, and how, they can, how they can help development and, and expansion in the virtual worlds. But also, I like to think that that, that governance model and people actually taking responsibility for day-to-day decisions in, in where they live and, and, and exist will have some impact on, on our lives in the physical world. I think it's not a bad thing for, for, for communities to start smaller communities start to, you know, take more responsibility for where they live and and what happens. So that could only be a good thing. Um, Mm. Do you think it provides
1: like a proof of concept for like non-governmental organizations to run
0: places? Uh, Yeah, I think, I think it could do. I I think it's, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating um, model that if, if it if it can be nailed in the virtual world by these communities who are you know who are really collaborating to to, to make it work, which is great. No one's you know holding the secrets to the to themselves. Uh, if it can work, then then it would be wonderful if it could be implemented in the in the physical world. You know, I think I think the the current political climate and, and in the communities that people feel disenfranchised and and feel you know a, a bit powerless, and so anything that can that can help them to, yeah, take that responsibility, I suppose, and actually feel like, okay, I've submitted a proposal here. It's been voted on and, you know, uh, okay, this is this is quite cool. You know, I'm actually getting things done and, and, and things are being enacted. Then, yeah, proof of concept, absolutely. And it would be great if it, if it comes to fruition. Mm,
1: yeah, I guess, yeah, because you see, I don't know, a lot a lot of people in this, in especially in my generation, they feel very disconnected from any sort of decision-making and to, to see that in action would probably be quite a, you know if it's the first time you've ever done anything like that maybe you've never voted because you don't you know you're apathetic towards it or whatever you 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 know you have an idea and you put it up for you know discussion a petition and and all of a sudden it happens you're like wow i can really make a difference in this scenario like that's yeah i can imagine that being very very inspiring to people um in certain ways
0: um, I think if you read, you know, you read the tea leaves. I think it's heading in that direction. There's all there's, there's all the talk of devolution and self-rule at a, at a much larger level, country by country. But then I read just the other day in in, in Cornwall, some there's a town that has declared itself a city. I think it was. I, I don't know the exact specifics, but when you've got communities uh, self determining uh, what they are as an entity, and then presumably with with that, you know, new designation as a city there'll be governance a whole heap of governance attached to that um I mean Cornwall's always been this kind of area that has that has seen itself as a as a separate entity to to England anyway but that's that's very cool um i i yeah who knows what, where it could happen So, I, but I think the physical world is always going to move a lot slower than the digital uh, as we've seen uh, but I think you could you could be fairly confident that 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 change is heading that way anyway yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about the digital world. Like, moving much faster It's like, governments around the world are just about discussing Bitcoin. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if you went in there and started, like, dropping bombs about NFTs and, you know, the metaverse, they'd they'd be like, hang on, slow down here a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's fantastic. I mean, just imagine if one day we wake up and El Salvador is is held up as the economic kind of pillar of uh you know the model of of how you how you embrace the new economy and that kind of thing i mean they are they are buying bitcoin whenever there's a dip uh you know they're talking about all sorts of developments along this this crypto line and it's it's really interesting uh to 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 watch that unfold yeah yeah brazil are proposing actually
1: um no tax on renewable crypto mining uh, which okay. is uh, it's just a proposal at the minute, as far as I'm aware. But like the, I think the, we're going to see a bit of a rush in this direction with things like that um, in the next in the next year or two. So yeah, I mean, everyone watch this space. I guess that's all we can do and, and get involved. So um, yeah, yeah, Dave, I really, really want to thank you. Uh, it's been really, really educational, and uh, yeah, you blew my mind at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> Only three? Come on! <laughs> at least three. I mean, I lost count. So <laughs> all right.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, man. Um, is there anything you want to point people towards, like, to, to look at or check out, or of your work or anything?
0: Yeah, if they want to, if they want to head to Parcel and and get a sense of um, you know, the the main four virtual worlds. Um, they can go to meetparcel.com That's meat as in M W E T, not meat parcel. We don't sell any uh, any butchery goods or anything like that. Um, so yeah, link in parcel- the description if people want. Yeah, for sure. Um, that would be great. And um. And yeah, it's it's it, we're, you know we're all about as I mentioned we're about aggregating the listings, making things easier for people to get a sense of okay what is this metaverse? What are these virtual worlds? How do I get involved? There's going to be a lot more education and onboarding coming to the site. And at the moment we're in the process of reaching out to the different worlds, finding out uh, what what their needs are, and, and bringing them on board. So there'll be many more worlds coming into into the parcels sphere um, as we go. But yeah, it's just it's early days, and 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 jump in and um, make a few mistakes and, and educate yourself because it's it's a lot of fun. It moves very very quickly, but it's a lot of fun once you get involved.
1: Mm, well, I can't uh, yeah, can't leave people with a better message than that. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, let us know if you own any any uh, digital real estate in the in the comment section. So yeah, thanks very much, man. Been a pleasure. Thank Good. you. Cheers.